Lunch with Pippa Hudson on Cape Talk. Join the conversation. Lots of excitement ahead of the first Cape Town E-Prix happening in Greenpoint tomorrow. Officially, this is the fifth leg of the ABB FIA Formula E World Championship. Uh, this is the first time the event has ever been held on uh, South African soil and in fact on African soil at all. 22 cars will be racing around the street circuit. They're expected to reach speeds of up to 320 kilometers per hour. And yes, they will have enough electricity to charge the electric vehicles. The whole stadium precinct has been exempt from load shedding this week in the run-up to the race. I guess that's been some form of compensation to locals for the inconvenience that has come with it. Lots of road closures in the area today. Do be mindful of that if you are needing to come into town and onto the Atlantic seaboard uh, today and, of course, tomorrow, especially so when the race itself will be proceeding through the streets of Cape Town. I've had a chance to drive parts of the track twice this week when going through to evening functions in Granger Bay and the waterfront and it, it, it felt such a thrill to be on that you know on the boulevard looking up at the fences next to me and realizing that come race day tomorrow those are going to be lined with people watching the action now earlier today I had the chance to catch up briefly with one of the international commentators who is going to be guiding viewers through the race I say international commentator, but she's got very strong South African links as well. Her name is Naomi Schiff, and she is a professional racing and stunt driver of Belgian and Rwandan descent, but she grew up here in South Africa. These days she lives in the UK, and if you're a motorsport fan, you probably already know her from her work as a presenter and Formula One correspondent for Sky Sports. I managed to squeeze in a short chat with her a little bit earlier. Let's take a listen. Naomi, how exciting, firstly, is it for you to be back in South Africa? Do you get to come back fairly often? Um, it's super exciting. I mean, I try to come back as often as I can. Uh, South Africa's obviously got a very big place in my heart. My dad still lives here. A lot of my friends still live here. So I try as much as possible to come back. But yep. um, this is a great opportunity to come back uh, and, you know, be working with Formula E at the same time. Yeah. Before we talk about what you're doing here with Formula E, let's just talk a little bit about your own life in racing, Naomi. Um, I believe you, you got involved in karting as young as 11. Uh, do you want to talk to us a little bit about where the interest began and what those early days were like for you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I kind of fell into it more than having had a real interest for it. But um, I was invited to an indoor go-karting birthday party when I was 11, as you said. <laughs> and that was really the day that I that I, that I sort of figured out um, that I loved it as much as I did. And from there, I basically just begged my dad to take me back a few times. And uh, one thing led to another. And eventually, he got me my own go-kart and uh, the rest of history. So from driving single-seater racing cars to competing in the W Series inaugural season, um, which is all about improving the role and the, the representation of women in motorsport, I mean, it's been a meteoric rise for you, Naomi, nevertheless, uh, not to mention getting picked up by Sky Sports as a, as a commentator for motorsport. Um, I mean, let's talk a little bit about women in racing today. I know certainly in the early days of your broadcasting, you had your share of trolls on social media, and I'm sure they're probably still there. There are some who still see this as a men's yeah. sport. Uh, talk to us about how it's changing and whether you think it's changing fast enough. Yeah, I mean, look, the conversations are being had. There's a lot of initiatives coming up uh, on the topic and there is change happening. I think there can always be, uh, that pace can be adapted and can be faster for sure. But unfortunately, I think it's a generational mm. topic. It's a generational change that needs to happen. So it's never going to happen overnight. Uh, because we just are so vastly outnumbered as women in the sport. So yeah. we just really need to get a lot of women participating in the sports from grassroots levels. Um, and then once we have parity in numbers, eventually, uh, hopefully we'll have parity.
parity and opportunities, and we've seen loads of women around the paddocks around the world. But I am very happy to see that it's a topic that's, um, you know, being considered very much so. And uh, a lot of people are getting involved, a lot of teams, a lot of brands. Um, but yeah, that change can always happen quicker. Mm. And of course, uh, you must be acutely aware of your own role as sort of um, a role model that young girls can look up to. Not, not just a woman competing at the top level, but a woman of color in particular is still a rarity in this sport. Does that um, sort of how does that mold the way you race, the way you perform, the way you do your commentating? Are you are you always aware of those young girls looking up to you? Um, honestly, when I was racing, obviously there was there weren't very many identifiable role models when I started racing, and I think Danica Patrick was probably the one woman I looked at in the sport that she was on a very different path than what I was on. So Lewis Hamilton ended up being the person that I looked up to because um, although he wasn't completely like me, he was something like me. Um, But yeah, I think throughout my career, that was not really something that I took into consideration. I would just race like everybody else. And I think only when I raced in W Series did I realize that I could be that identifiable role model for someone else. So since then, I've been a lot more conscious about it. And being in the role I'm in today allows me to control the narrative sometimes and ask tough questions. Um, But also having my face on camera hopefully will help to inspire more young women and more people of color to get involved in the sport. Naomi, before we talk about Formula E, one last question about your racing career. Uh, I mean, if you look back on uh, the tracks you yeah. raced on, the cars you raced in, uh, does does one stand out, either a vehicle or a particular circuit or even a particular, particular individual race that you'll look back on and go, that was an amazing day or an amazing car or the highlight of my career? Oh, that's a really tough question. I mean, I've got to really narrow it down. It was 16 years of racing. (laughs) But um, I would say 24 hours of Nürburgring was definitely spectacular. I think that's a race that a lot of drivers dream to do. Um, It's a 21-kilometer circuit, and you've got all sorts of weather conditions, loads of different uh, categories of cars on track at the same time. Uh, The track's really narrow. There's no room for error. And uh, it's a 24-hour race, so you're just exhausted and just fighting against yourself. Um, That was, I mean, to finish second in class, there was probably one of the biggest highlights and even the event as a whole was a highlight. Okay, thanks for that. Now let's talk about what you're doing in Cape Town this weekend. Our first taste of Formula E um, and uh, obviously a lot of excitement about watching these cars and the fact that it's a street circuit through the streets of our city is amazing. What do you make of the vehicles, Naomi? Uh, what is the, the drive experience and the commentators experience like compared to what you were used to racing in? Um, well, obviously, it's it's very different. I mean, electric vehicles versus combustion engine cars are, are quite different. Obviously, yeah. there's no gears and all that stuff. But um, I think uh, it's slightly, I don't want to say less challenging to drive. I think from a physical perspective, it's a little bit less challenging. From uh, loads of things going on in the cockpit, it's slightly less challenging. But there's also a lot of other things to take into consideration, like when you use the energy in the car. Um, yeah. So from a strategic point of view, um, there's a lot for the drivers to be thinking about. But it is very different, and I'm very... Um, lucky to be driving the car this weekend at some point mm-hmm. so uh, once I'm in, in the car I'll be able to have a proper review of what the difference is because at this point I've never been in an electric racing car yet so I'm really looking forward to that. Okay and I don't know if you've had a chance yet to at least drive the circuit in somebody else's car Naomi and, and give us your view on what you think of, of where this particular race is going to go. Yeah not yet honestly like I've obviously had a look online mm-hmm what the layout is and um, where the corners go and what the, what the track's going to be like. From what I hear, it's uh, possibly going to be the fastest circuit in the history of Formula E. Okay. Um, there's a lot of straight lines. 
Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of overtaking opportunities on this track. So it should be a really exciting race, and I'm, I'm very, very much looking forward to it. But yeah, once I get in the car today, will be the first time I've been around the track. Cool. Now, you referenced earlier the generational change. Another aspect that's facing resistance and will, will take a generation to change is the acceptance of e-vehicles. I mean, there's some critics saying it's nothing short of sacrilege that Formula One will never see an electric vehicle racing, for example. Are, are they just refusing to face the inevitable that this is the way that the world is going to drive in the future and therefore motor racing needs to move in that direction as well? Uh, do you What do you think it's going to take to change mindsets on that one? Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, Formula E obviously exists already and they're doing incredibly well in their space. Um, I'm really not sure if Formula One and Formula E could coexist if they had the exact same concept. But um, I think Formula One is very conscious of the fact that uh, from an environmental perspective and from a sustainability perspective, they need to be doing more. Um, and you can see that already in the regulation change that they had last season, you know, using uh, biofuels um, as a source of, you know, energy for the cars. Um, rather than just uh, typical fuels that we've used in the past. Uh, these are conversations that are being had, and I'm pretty sure that we will see change in Formula 1 at some point. I'm just not sure that it will be electric. I think they're trying to find another way to crack, yeah. uh, to crack that, that topic. So then my final question, any predictions about what might happen on the circuit tomorrow? Uh, I don't know if you've had much chance to interact with the drivers yet, get a feel for who the front runners are. I don't know if you're prepared to put your neck out and say what you think might happen. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's actually been really tough this season to predict anything because they've pretty much almost had except for the one winner who won twice. Every race has been a different winner. So it's really anyone's game. From what I understand, qualifying on pole position is not the best bet because no one who's uh, qualified pole has finished first this season yet. So uh, it's definitely going to keep things exciting. I know who I'm putting my money on. It might be... um, you know, a, a far cry, but Kelvin van der Linde is on the grid, fellow <laughs> South African, uh, someone who I grew up with on the racetrack. So um, I'm putting a lot of pressure on him to, to bring it home for the Sappers. That was commentator Naomi Schiff. And if you recognise the voice, it's because you've probably heard her uh, commentating and offering analysis on racing on Sky Sports. Uh, She is, of course, herself a former professional driver and grew up here in South Africa, which explains the accent. Uh, Great to have her back in town and listen out for her this weekend. If you didn't get tickets to go and watch the E-Prix live and in person in Greenpoint, remember you can watch it on television uh, this weekend. You can follow. uh, Well, let me deal with Supersport first and then I'll tell you about the free-to-air coverage. On Supersport, the qualifying rounds, which start, I think, at about half past 11 onwards, those are being covered on Supersport Grandstand and Supersport Motorsport. And then the actual racing sessions will be on Supersport Motorsport. Um, In South Africa, the free-to-air broadcast partner is ETV, and they will cover the qualifying rounds on the eReality channel, but the actual race itself will be covered on ETV. And the race itself kicks off at about 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, expected to be done by roughly 5.30. So that's what to look out for on TV if you're not able to make it to Greenpoint yourself. And if you don't have to come into the Greenpoint area today or tomorrow, our advice is to avoid it if you can. Uh, Lots of road closures in place, lots of security, quite difficult to navigate your way through the streets of Greenpoint and the Seapoint today as a result of the race activity. So do bear that in mind when you're planning your weekend activities.